Yes! 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 Welcome back to What You Will Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. My name is Adam Jones. Today we are reviewing the book, another financial book for you guys who have liked the other one so far, the smartest investment book you will ever read. The Proven Way to Be the Pros and Take Control of Your Financial Future. Big title for a book. Big title. What do you reckon the content? Daniel R. Solon. Daniel R. Solon. Is the author. Yeah, he said it's the smartest investment book you'll ever read. Yeah. So how did you get onto this book? Uh, This was a recommendation in Tim Ferriss. I think Tim Ferriss, the Tim Ferriss podcast, and he was talking, I forget who he was talking to, and they were talking about investing, investing in startups, and he had a recommendation for this book. This book, the smartest investment book you'll ever read, uh, and uh, it's a, probably a cheeky title. Uh, it probably grabs your attention a bit. Uh, smartest investment book you'll ever read. I suppose the way he the way he determines smart investing, probably yeah. Yeah, we might get into that. Yeah, definitely. What did you reckon of the book overall? So the subheading, the proven way to beat the pros and take control of your financial future. Yep. This way, it is a proven way of beating all the pros. So I'd all, agree all with you that. people, you've got mates out there who have hotshot you know, investment bankers and I've got a few mates and they're the top scorers and you think they're in this industry that is just full of geniuses making incredible deals. Well, this book fucking rips them all apart <laughs> to say that whole industry is fucked. It's a whole bunch That's of it. salespeople. Yep. There's a much better way with very low risk, very low knowledge really and, and less stressful way of doing yep. the whole lot. Very easy. So basically, the what we're talking we're talking about investing here, and he's talking about investing in uh, things like stocks, the stock market, and bonds. Uh, and what the the difference here? There's either what people would more commonly know as passive investing or active investing. Yeah. So passive investing is more of a, I guess, a buy and hold. Would you say? Yeah. So you buy something, add to it, add to it as you get more income. And just let it build up over time, yeah. as opposed to active, which would be trading, trying to make profit on your trades, trying to pick stocks, trying to time the market, and trying, as they say, that's what the pros are doing. The pros are trying to beat the market. Yeah. So the pros are these ideas of uh, market timing and stock picking, and yeah. so they might be able. They think they can see a stock right was undervalued, and then they put your money in the investor, and, and then you pay fees for every time they move money. Yep. And they'll pick these things that are underperforming the whole market. Then over a year, their goal is to beat something that's called the index, right? Yeah. And the index is being like a whole bunch of companies. Like the Dow is a 500. S&P 500 index. Gets the, the top 500 companies in, in the US or the world or whatever, yep. lumps them all together, and yep. you get the average of all their growth. Whereas yep. active investing, these guys picking one or two here and there. Yeah, right? yeah correct. Uh, and, and what they're saying is they're trying to beat the market. When they say beat the market, as Adam said, you've got this index, which is literally every single company, what their growth is averaged out. So as a real, real basic example, if you had, um, if you had 10 companies, then you'd buy the equivalent percentage of each of those 10 companies with your money. So if you've got a big bank, you'd buy more with your 10 grand. And if you had a smaller company, you'd buy less with your 10 grand. And overall, your portfolio would absolutely mirror the market, what they say. Whereas the uh, alternative is trying to pick stocks and trying to beat the market. So the whole book basically just so goes out and attacks those people who think they're going out there and beating the market. Because yeah. all the research and Warren Buffett and all these big investors are saying, 
no, they're actually they're not even beating the market. Yeah, because their their best wishes isn't for you to, to make money. They they're incentivized to make a lot of trades yep. and pick a lot of different stocks because that's they get their fees. Yeah, exactly. And that's how the the broker or the advisor makes their money. They make their money when you buy and sell. Yeah. They don't make money when you profit. Yeah. So I love the first analogy in the book. It's we're not going to go through every chapter, but the, the first chapter being an unbelievable chimp story. So I think it was in 1996. I didn't mark down the date, but the Financial Times put a five-year-old girl against the top financial analysis in the world, who claimed to be the top, one of the best stock pickers, the market market timers. Then they also got a third lady who picked all the stocks based on. Astrology. Or astrology. Yeah. So these were in the top 500 companies in the room. So they had the top 100 to pick from. Yeah. And I know this is just one example, just one, so you can't yeah. put everything on this. But basically the five-year-old girl won. Yeah. The, the astrology girl came second. And then the financial <laughs> advisor who claimed to be the best lost, lost 46%. <laughs> so the volatility in the market is, is huge. So Yeah, exactly. And so the, okay, so a few of the arguments against active investing. Active investing costs a hell of a lot more because every time you buy and sell, you're, you're paying brokerage fees. So there's a big cost to it. It takes a, a lot more time and effort because if you're buying the market, you literally just have to buy that one basket of funds and that's all you're doing. You're buying that one thing one time. Uh, and the other thing is lower return. So there's, I think there was a stat in here. 96% of active investors failed to beat the market. So only 4% actually got above market returns. And so they're saying it's not the same 4% every single year. So that 4% is more to do with luck than skill. Yeah, that's equal to statistical chance. You're going to yeah. get 4% who beat it. Yeah, 96%. So it's horrible. Would you take that bet, mate, <laughs> if you had a 4% chance? The other thing is if you invest passively, if you invest in the market, you're going to get the market returns every single year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a big thing he wants to do, I guess, is, is trying to change the, the culture or the, the nomenclature. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. The naming, how you name it. So he's saying passive investing has almost negative connotations in that it implies you've got no ability to influence the outcome, whereas active feels like you can do something about it. But he's saying instead of passive, you should call it smart investing, which is, I guess, where the title comes in. So saying smart investing, you're going to get the market every single year, and it's on, on, over the course of the last 80 years, it's the best possible thing you could have done is just invest in the market. And he wants to call active hyperactive because hyperactive has probably got that more negative over-the-top connotation based on hype and hope. Yeah. 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 And on top of the, this smart way of investing, other than the better returns, like you just mentioned, and less, less fees and everything, there's also less stress, obviously, and oh. less time invested. You, you might Definitely. only have to... Uh, he does mention a bit into like asset allocations important, yep. which you can use with index funds. So throughout the year, you might just have to move a few funds here and there yep. for like a couple of hours a year worth of work rather than stressing and moving money all the time, basically. Yeah. So he talks about stocks and bonds. So stocks are higher risk, but much higher return, more volatile, whereas bonds are a lot more consistent in their return, but a lot lower return. So he talks about that asset allocation being, say if you were in your early to mid-20s starting out, you go like 80% stocks, 20% bonds. And maybe if you were in your 50s planning on you know 10 or 15 years and you're going to retire, then you probably go more like 40% stocks, 60% bonds yeah. to reduce the, the risk, the volatility. 
yeah. and still get his uh, and try and maximise those returns. And you know more about this stuff than me, obviously, but the, there's one counteracts the other, right? So it's generally as bonds go down, stocks go up, and vice versa. Is that true? Uh, I wouldn't say they're. Uh, I wouldn't say they're opposite. No, no. but uh, it's definitely that the bonds are a lot safer. A lot safer. So what what he's doing with the bonds is you get a lower average return every single year, but you're going to avoid those a big negative year. So say if it was 07, 08, big GFC, you wouldn't have lost as much if you had more bonds because that's kind of um, a bit more of a safe haven, I guess, than going full on into the stocks yeah. and losing big time. Yeah. But at the same time, what he doesn't mention in this book is that you also don't get the massive years. So if you had a massive year of growth and you're 100% stock, you're obviously by going 60% or 80% stocks, you're reducing that massive growth as well. But you are reducing the massive loss. So that's the, the trade-off, that risk-reward trade-off. Yeah. Love it. So yeah, very small book, and yep. it is just yeah, well, one message. So if you guys as the listeners can get this message that your mates out there who are active investors, stock pickers, I've got a few mates like that, I used to, but I think I was I was pretty good yeah. at that. And all the, the financial media and the movies, basically that whole industry isn't cracked up what they make out, make it out to be, these fancy words and all this shit. Basically, they do not perform that good compared to the yeah. index funds. So you, yeah. with very limited knowledge, can actually invest much better than all these Wall Street big dog yeah. who they think they're fucking snorting yeah. cocaine and doing shoes <laughs> every night. You can do much better than these blokes just yeah. by going into an index fund. Yeah, exactly. As you said, it's, it's about 140 pages. It's not big. Um, and you said it's one consistent message. If you read the first six pages of the intro, that's basically the whole book there, yeah. isn't it? But uh, yeah, what do you what he recommends? He gives us um, a four steps. What are the four things we need to do? Do you have that? Uh, Don't have that? Oh, let, me, let me quickly say, why are we attracted to active instead of passive? So he says that there's marketing in that the companies want you to be active. So yeah. they're, they're spending and trying to encourage you to be active. There's a bit of a hint of gambling in there. So you feel like you've got more control over the outcome and you think you can win big. Uh, he says there's a desire to seek order. So people confusing luck with skill and they think that they're, they're controlling it all as opposed to just letting the market do it for them. And a big one's overconfidence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, you're going to go in the four steps. So step yeah, four one... Steps. Uh, determine your asset allocation, which I briefly mentioned earlier. Yeah, so that asset allocation is just stocks versus bonds. Yep. The younger you are, the more heavily weighted to stocks. The older you get, you go more towards bonds and cash. Yep. So step two is open an account with a fund, basically. So yep. there's one um, one of the big ones in the world is Vanguard. Yep. So with them for very low fees. I, I had a meeting with them. I sat down with them a couple oh, nice. months ago and... I think they're about 0.15% or yeah, something. Something much minuscule yeah. compared to these active investors. Yeah, and their returns are proven to get better than going to an active fund where they're just yeah. playing with your money all day and the Wall Street stereotype. Yeah, exactly. So he recommends um, Vanguard, Fidelity, and is there one other? Vanguard and Fidelity yeah. are the main two yeah. that he recommends. So, and then step three, uh, select your investments. So there's, for him, this book's based in the US. It's just another way of diversifying across three different funds. So yep. diversification is just basically spreading the risk over different yeah. areas. So, so yeah, so essentially these are already diversified in the fact that 
rather than buying one company, you're buying all 500 in one hit. And he's diversifying even further. So he's saying you buy you buy a US fund, you buy an international fund, and then the international bond market as well. Yeah. So you're not you're not even just focused on just the US or just Australia. You're going international as well. Yep. So very diversified. Definitely. Uh, and step four, rebalance your portfolio. So yeah, he just talks about if obviously if you have a big year in stocks and they have a fifteen percent jump then your asset allocation is going to be off. Because your stocks have grown more than your bonds, then you'd want to have more bonds to get back to that 80-20 ratio or whatever your, whatever your asset allocation was. Yeah. That's it. So that's it. That's the book in a nutshell. And so those four steps, what, as I mentioned, a couple of hours, three, four hours a year. Yeah. Not too much effort. Probably not even that. What did you say? One of the chapters is called uh, Smart Investing Takes Less Time Than Brunch. Yeah. So that's all there is to it. So who's, it's pretty easy. So this book, I, first of all, I'd like to say it's for, I really recommend it for people who are interested in investing and I hope to God they do not get their hands on the wrong book telling yep. them that active investing is good or whatever and then as like a way, a leeway to get them into someone else's services of making them go active. Yep. I hope they get their hands on this book first and <laughs> yeah. they don't have to go through the pain of exactly. and all those big fees and all the bullshit. Yeah. Just go straight to the, the low cost index funds and it's an easy way and you don't have to be a, a genius. Yeah. I'd say doing this, it's obviously it's it's the safe, the smart investing. Yeah. So it's if you rather than when you get paid you put into savings, instead of just having it in a in a you know, an interest account getting three percent interest, mm-hmm. if you invest it this way you're getting eight percent interest, I guess, on your you've got that bit of risk there, obviously, but a much higher much higher um, reward. And compounded over your 50 years of working life is uh, a massive difference. Yeah, good call, man. Love it. That's it. All right, mate. So, yeah, stay tuned, guys. That's it. What's our next book? Uh, We'll work on that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Adios, Red Gary Dose. A chin is smarter than your mate who thinks he's a big, hot shot fucking Wall Street cocaine investor, baby. This is the smartest investment book you'll ever read. In his definition of smart, of course. Put your money in an index fund. Wait some time and it compounds. Oh, yeah. Passive investing, don't actively invest. If you go passive, you get the market returns. No need to try and have a test of the market. Oh, don't be stressed. Don't, don't that, be that stressed. Would have been a good one. That would Just be cool. sleep. <laughs> sleep. Sleep. Sleep.